This Bitcoin billionaire who is a minority owner of the Warriors basically made a comment on a podcast where he basically stated that nobody cares about the Uyghur genocide, including himself. Now stay tuned for the rest of this episode because we're going to go a little bit more deeper into him as well. But I found this pretty interesting and let's get right into the story. So a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors is getting shredded on social media for Kelsey admitting he does not care about the Uyghur genocide in China. Chamath Paliahaptia, I have no clue how to pronounce that last name, a venture capitalist who owns 2% of the NBA franchise, expressed cold indifference to the plight of the Uyghurs, an ethnic Muslim minority that has been persecuted in China on his all-in podcast over the weekend. When co-host Jason Calacanis said President Biden's statement about the Uyghurs was one of the stronger things he said, Chamath interjected that nobody cares about them. Let's be honest, nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, Chamath said. You bring it up because you really care, and I think that's nice that you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Of all the things that I care about, it is below my line. And so, from Inez Cantor Freedom on Twitter, When at NBA says we stand for justice, don't forget there are those who sell their soul for money in business, like at Chamath, the owner of at Warriors, who says nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, When genocides happen, it is people like this that let it happen. Shame. So, let's see the video. Wow, this has 256,000 views already. So, let's go to the beginning. All the way to beginning. Come on. Come on. Let's see. All the way. Jesus. What a pain in the butt. Full screen, all the way to the beginning. Jesus, go to the darn beginning. Man, Twitter sucks. Yeah, so I mean, for those that ended up not uh, seeing it, it's pretty cold in how he says it, right? With no emotion on his face really at all. He's just like, I just don't care, basically. And this is the thing. Everyone is entitled to care more about different things in their life, right? And a lot of people might stumble upon this episode and might be thinking like, he is horrendous or they just don't care what he thinks right but the thing to really understand about you know his perspective is that it's actually not uncommon to find someone with this perspective for example how many times do you care necessarily about a crime taking place in another country okay like that's basically the way to really think about it. Like, 
how much do you care whether or not someone got murdered in a different country? Like, is that going through your mind on a day-to-day basis? Probably not. Now, a genocide situation is a little bit more brutal, right? It's a little bit more like massive a scale of like destruction, right? To where people should probably care about it at least to some extent. But I understand how some people try to live their life on a day-to-day basis and try to really worry about what's going to mainly affect them. And it's a pretty selfish way of thinking, but it's, again, not uncommon. For example, let me put this into a different perspective. Let's say that you are a single mother with three kids. You're working three jobs. Guess what? You're most likely not really caring what's going on in another country. You're more worried about providing food to your kids, right? Making sure that they have health care, making sure that they're going to daycare, making sure that they're taking care of their studies and all that kind of stuff, making sure they're not getting into trouble, making sure they're eating something, right? Making sure they're not getting obese, all that kind of stuff, right? So that's another way to look at it. So I don't want to just go and like attack this Bitcoin billionaire because, again, everyone is entitled to their own perspective, right? The only difference between someone like him and the single mother example is that he is someone that has influence and massive amounts of capital to potentially actually do something about it, right? Like it's a very different thing when you're someone who basically promotes caring about different, like, you know, about certain topics like, you know, climate change, all that kind of stuff, right? Like, oh, you care about the world, but apparently you care more about the climate than you necessarily do about genocide. Like, your moral standing is a little bit skewed in that sense, especially when you're in a position of power to where you could actually go and do something about it, right? Where you can maybe put on some influence on China in some way to be like, hey, stop, (laughs) you know? Now, again, I don't know exactly how much power he necessarily has or how much he's bending over for China in terms of like businesses and investments that he has. But let's continue with the story. David Sachs, the third co-host of the podcast, said that if you bring up everything that is happening with the Uyghurs, Americans care, but it is not at the top of their minds. See, this is something that I would actually have to agree with, right? For Americans that end up knowing about the situation dealing with the Uyghurs, it's not at the top of their minds. That is the reality of it, right? Like... If you live in America, you have the benefit of not really ever having to deal with anything on your own shores for the most part, right? And even so, even if there's something going on in America, you're typically separated by states, right, because of how big America is, that you might not necessarily even necessarily care about what is going on in like like a nearby state. Right? So, for example, you might be living in like Texas, but maybe there's like a shooting going on in a nearby state, right? You 
kind of care about it, right? Right? You're worried about it. You feel bad for the people that got involved in that. But it's not going to be right there in your mind 24-7, right? Because there is a disconnect between you and it. So again, I don't want to like put him on blast completely. It's just that people got to understand you know, different types of perspectives. Now, the way that, you know, Chamath put it was pretty cold. I prefer the way that David Sachs put it, where it's like people care about it, but it's not really on their mind. And for like a personal example of this, right? Some people might not even know that this is even going on, right? Like I talked to a friend of mine and I basically told them, like, you know, like, the thing with the Uyghurs is insane, right? And this was, like, months ago. He had no clue that this was even going on. He had no clue that genocide was going on at all. No idea, right? So there's also people like that that literally have zero idea that this is even going on. So if they don't even know what's going on, how are they going to care about it? So that's something that you also got to understand, too. And the reality of this whole situation, which I really want people to really understand, is that when it comes to like your day-to-day life, this is horrible that is going on. But again, it's not going to be really on the top of your mind. And you got to really work on yourself, protect yourself before you could be any beneficial assistance. Well, you can't really like, you know, like the whole saying with the airplane, Put on your mask first before you put on the mask on like your own kids or your next door, your seating neighbor, right? Because you're not really any use to anyone until you first take care of yourself, right? So he continues, I care about empty shows at grocery stores. I care about the fact that our economy could turn on a dime if China invades Taiwan. I care about that, Jamoth said. I care about climate change. I care about America's crippling and decrepit healthcare infrastructure. But if you're asking me, do I care about a segment of a class of people in another country? Not until we can take care of ourselves will I prioritize them over us. So this is a statement, like this sentence right here, I think is very important. Because even though how he relays his thought is very cold this sentence is very important to really understand where he's really coming from right not until we can take care of ourselves will i prioritize them over us so that is the exact same line of thinking of when you're in an airplane crazy turbulence, potentially something bad going on, you put your mask on first before putting the mask on others. Because if you can't be effective in anything, right, because you're passed out or dead, how can you be of any use to anyone else? So that's the way that I really take this. So feel free to give your own thoughts about like his own like messaging. The way he like said it, in such an unemotional way is not really doing him any favors, right? There's probably a lot of people of these like 256,000 views that watched this video on Twitter that basically, you know, attacked him or, you know, insulted him and all that kind of stuff, right? And they have every right to do so. 
But this specific statement, this sentence is very important to really read in here that like, hey, take care of yourself before you take care of others. And that's the same thing in terms of finances since we always talk about money here. You can't help out anyone else in terms of being like charitable until you first take care of yourself. So get out of debt, have an emergency fund, start putting money towards investments, and then you can be generous enough to be donating to charities, buying a brand, well, not a brand new car, but buying a car for a single mother whose car just completely got totaled or broke down and they have no money to go get a different car, right? Like you want to be able to put yourself in a position to where you already have the mask on yourself so that you can now put the mask on someone else, right? So he continues, I think a lot of people believe that, and I'm sorry if that's a hard truth to hear, but every time I say that I care about the Uyghurs, I'm really just lying if I don't really care. And so the warriors distanced themselves from Chamath's opinion on Monday. As a limited investor who has no day-to-day operating functions with the warriors, Mr. does not speak on like Mr. Chamath does not speak on behalf of our franchise, and his views certainly don't reflect those of our organization, the team said in a statement. The Uyghurs have been subjected to rape, sterilizations, and slave labor. Biden signed a bill in December banning imports from Xinjiang region of China unless it can be proven the goods were not made with forced labor. Kelly said, it's a sad state of affairs if people can't care about global human rights. That's a luxury belief, Chamath responded. The reason I think that is we don't do enough domestically to actually express that view in real, tangible ways. So until we actually clean up our own house, the idea that we step outside our borders with us morally virtue singling about someone else's human rights record is deplorable. Human rights in China is a third world topic for the NBA. The league had a lot of its future growth pegged to its relationship with China when then Rockets general manager Daryl Morey tweeted to free Hong Kong in support of democracy protesters ignited a firestorm in 2019. LeBron James, who has a major film and apparel business tied to China market, called Morey misinformed and not educated on the subject. Now, I don't want to talk too much about LeBron James because he's basically one of the biggest hypocrites in the world, but I thought this was important to really discuss and bring up on this because a lot of people are going to take this a lot of different ways, especially with how unemotional he actually gave his response, right? And I think a lot of people, especially a lot of very wealthy individuals, don't really understand the importance of how they say something, not just what they say. Now, let's get a little bit more into Chamath, however you say his last name. Sorry, dude, if you ever stumbled upon this. So, according to Forbes, since, well, as of 4-6-21, his net worth is $1.2 billion, right? Now, it's probably actually more because of Bitcoin and his just crypto investments and all that kind of stuff. So Chamath is a Silicon Valley venture capital investor who has made himself into a tech firebrand. He is a proponent of SPACs, a kind of investment vehicle that allows private companies to go public with less scrutiny from the 
EC, which by the way, SPACs are also one of the reasons why a 18-year-old became one of the youngest billionaires ever in the world, without ever actually having a product. So Chamath is a sponsor and investor in half a dozen SPACs, companies that have emerged with include Virgin Galactic and Clover Health. He is also founder of Social Capital, a venture capital firm that he started in 2011, and the firm faced a wave of defections in 2018. So he's, let's see, he has three children, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let's actually go to the Wikipedia page. Now, a lot of people have different views on Wikipedia. I'm just using it because it's just the simplest way to really cover it, right? So Chamath is a Sri Lankan-born Canadian and American venture capitalist engineer, SPAC sponsor, and the founder of CEO Social Capital. Chamath was an earlier senior executive at Facebook, working at the company from 2007 to 2011. Following his departure from Facebook, Chamath started his fund, the Social Capital Partnership, through which he invested in several companies, including Yammer and Slack. The Social Capital Partnership changed its name to Social Capital in 2015. He's also a co-host of well-known technology podcast, All In. With an estimated net worth around U.S. $1.2 billion, as of April 2021, Chamath is ranked 2,378 in the Forbes list on billionaires 2021. Let's see. I want to skip their early life and education. I'm going to skip the career. I want to go to the political positions and activities. Okay. So Chamath has donated to the Democratic Party, and as of February 2021, he has reportedly donated $1.3 million to the party over the past decade. He donated $7,500 to Republican Ted Cruz in 2011, and in March 2020, Chamath told the New York Times that he would like to see Michael Bloomberg at the top of the Democratic ticket in the 2020 Democratic Party presidential primaries paired with Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren. Now, keep in mind, Michael Bloomberg is the individual that I believe talked about taxing the poor in terms of taxing soda to prevent them from basically getting fat. So keep that in mind. So immigration reform and policy advocacy, Chamath was listed as one of the founders of the lobbying group FWD.US. The group launched on 11th April 2013, and its goals include immigration reform, improving education, and enabling technological innovation, all in a United States context. An article in the, Uni- the New Republic stated that Chamath received a weekly report about FWD.US and also quoted him as saying in response to controversy around the FWD.US political lobbying strategy, the folks that are actually people that run that day today are sophisticated and understand the nuances of how to affect it. It's a really gnarly, gnarly thing having to deal with Washington. And to be honest with you, my perspective was it's a really good investment because it's a good way to pay it forward. And I'm really glad that there are other people other than me who are dealing with it who have the patience and resolve to figure it out. So San Francisco inequality and housing controversy. So at Bloomberg's Next Big Thing conference in Sausalito, California, Chamath made remarks critical of San Francisco's then-mayor, Ed Lee, and proposed that the city provide subsidized housing to low-income residents funded by an equity tax on startups 
with the tax and subsidy schemes potentially restricted to particular zones of the city. This led to a heated debate between Jamath and Super Angel Ron Conway. Conway, a supporter of Lee, defended the city's policies, argued that things would get better for all residents, and noted that Jamath lives in Palo Alto rather than in the city. In a later clarification to TechCrunch, Jamath outlined his vision in more detail and described how his views on inequality in social mobility were shaped by his experience growing up with relatively poor immigrant parents in Canada. And then also criticism of Facebook and social media. In November 2017, Jamal said that for ethical reasons, he regretted helping Facebook to become the largest social media platform. He said, The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. No civil disclosure, discourse, no civil discourse, no collaboration, misinformation, mistruth, and it's not an American problem. This is not about Russian ads. This is a global problem. It is eroding the core foundations of how people behave by and between each other. And then after criticism from Facebook for his remarks, Schmoss said, I genuinely believe that Facebook is a force for good in the world, so I'd like to expand on my comments. My comments were meant to start an important conversation not to criticize one company, particularly one I love. In 2017, many of us have grappled with the unintended consequences of the products we built. Social media platforms in particular have been used in abusing ways that we, their architects, never imagined. Much blame has been thrown and guilt felt, but the important thing is that we as an industry do now to ensure that our impact on society continues to be a positive one. So the comments we basically covered. Okay, so let's go into the philanthropy. So during his time at Facebook, Chamath invested in several startups through Embarro Cardero Ventures, the venture capital fund. In 2010, Chamath helped to buy the Golden State Warriors for $450 million. He remains a minority stakeholder and board member of the team. Chamath has donated consistently to his alma mater, the University of Waterloo, including a $25 million donation towards the engineering department in 2018. Now, here's the thing, right? A lot of people might think that this is a good thing. I actually personally think that it's not. The reason for this is because I feel like a lot of these billionaires, instead of donating to the actual universities, why not donate to the actual students? So what I mean by that is like, why not create scholarships for potentially super bright engineering students that might not have any financial backing to actually go to really, really top-notch schools. Like, why not do that, right? Instead of donating massive amounts of money to universities that have disgusting amounts of money. Like, it doesn't really make sense, right? So in 2021, he donated $7 million to provide clean drinking water to 1,000 families in California's Central Valley through a partnership with One to One, an American foundation and source global, the maker of solar-powered hydro panels that extract portable water from the air. So I thought that was pretty cool. And that's pretty much it. So the reason why I wanted to go over this Wikipedia article about him is that for the most part, he sticks by with what he says right? 
which I think is important to really note, right? Because everything that he said about the Uyghurs, right, the Uyghurs, right, is pretty much in line with how he's basically gone through his life when he's had money and all that kind of stuff, right, where he tries to focus somewhat on improving America in some way, at least to his belief and how to do it, right? You know, people have different beliefs as to how to go about it, but it seems like he does what he says, right? Where, okay, he believes that there's an issue within America in some form, right? So he's focusing on solving issues in America before focusing on other countries. From just this Wikipedia article, right, which, you know, people have different views on that, it seems like he is doing what he expressed, right? That, hey, we should focus on America before caring necessarily about other countries or people in other countries or issues within other countries. So at least he's, like, consistent about that. So I got to give him props at least for that. But feel free to give your thoughts. I thought this was actually a pretty important thing to really talk about because a lot of people have very different views on this. My personal opinion, I believe people should care about it, but the reality of it is that the majority of the population has no influence, has no power to really make any change, right? Jamath, on the other hand, he's kind of in a situation where he could potentially do something. But the everyday American doesn't have any power at all in terms of this, right? So just keep that in mind. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by our personal finance courses. So if you have problems with mastering your money and you need help, go down below and learn how to master your money. And this is a plan that anyone of any income level can follow. It is simple and easy to follow for any income level in any situation. And it's very straight to the point. And if you want to learn how to make money online, Go down below as well, and we'll see you in future episodes.